0: Welcome to the 194th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host for just today, Patrick Winograd. In this edition, our topics are a brief overview of my weekend predictions and our weekly looks at the NBA and college basketball. So let's jump right in with a look back at my weekend predictions, which are posted every Thursday on our website, 4thand24.com. Starting in the NBA, where I went 3-1 and this week, the Bucks beat the Heat 128-99, to which was a win for me uh the kings beat the clippers 176 to 175 in double overtime which was a loss the grizzlies beat the nuggets 112 to 94 which was a win and the celtics beat the 76ers 110 to 107 which was also a win for me uh, and then in college basketball i went 3 and 1 uh, which puts me at a 6 and 2 combined record bringing me to a 674 and 428 overall record which is a 61.2% winning percentage uh going back to those nba games for a second The Bucs played a good game. Giannis actually got injured in the first quarter after having a really quick recovery from his initial injury, which I believe was a wrist injury uh, that happened over the All-Star break. But then he actually banged knees with someone and then he went out with an injury, but the Bucs were still able to close out that game and get the win. Then the Kings beat the Clippers in the second highest scoring game in NBA history. Um, This game was just insane. I have no other words. It was just a ridiculous game. Uh, I would recommend going back and watching it if you have time. It was uh it was a crazy game. That's about all I can say about it. It was just insane. I mean, to to have teams score it that much at that at that pace is just ridiculous. Ah, uh, but then the Grizzlies beat the Nuggets one twelve to ninety four, a pretty easy win for the Grizzlies. I wasn't I wasn't actually expecting it to be a blowout at all i mean i actually teetered on picking this game in general I, I was thinking of maybe even picking the nuggets in this game but the grizzlies came out had a point to prove uh they proved their point they are job thinks they're fine in the west maybe they are maybe they aren't uh but this game is an indication that they can definitely hang in there with some of those top, the other top teams in the west and we'll see what happens come playoff time uh and then finally the celtics beat the 76ers jason tatum hitting a shot uh with i think 1.3 seconds left hitting a 3 uh when the game was tied and then Joel Embiid threw in a shot from the opposite free throw line uh that went in but it was uh, but he got rid of the shot just after the clock had expired uh so nearly uh another buzzer beating finish on that Saturday which there were a bunch of them in college basketball that we'll get to later uh but that one was The final one of the day, well, it wasn't the final one of the day, but it was one of the last two of the day. Uh, But the Celtics able to come out with the win and get me the win of my predictions. And then in college basketball, number nine, Baylor beat number eight, Texas. As I said, Texas came out, started the game on an 18 to four run, but then Baylor had a stretch where they outscored Texas by 20 to uh, retake the lead. And actually they extended that lead out to like 12 or 13 points at some point. So they might've outscored them by more than 20, maybe 25 ish. Uh, at some point in that game, but Baylor playing great basketball down the stretch. Texas is as well. Uh, both of them in contention for a one seed if they can maybe run the table um, and win out in the season. Uh, but we'll see if that happens. Uh, might not happen. But uh, that that last one seed's now a little bit up for grabs with Purdue starting to slide a little bit. And speaking of Purdue starting to slide, uh, number seventeen Indiana beat number five Purdue seventy nine to seventy one. This is part of the reason why I'm saying Purdue is starting to slide. Purdue is also uh, a team that is normally undefeated at home. So this loss was extra shocking. Um, But Indiana pulling out the win. They deserve credit, especially Jalen Hood-Chefino played very well in this game. Uh, Then we have Duke who beat Virginia Tech 81 to 65 in an important matchup for Duke to stay in the very, very safe territory for the tournament. But Virginia Tech quickly sliding off the bubble. Um, number twelve Gonzaga beat number fifteen Saint Marys seventy-seven to sixty-eight, and that was the end of my weekend predictions. Got all of those games right, other than that Purdue game. Uh, but now we will move on to our weekly recap of the NBA. We will start with my most impressive teams of the past week. Uh, the Kings went three and zero this week. They beat Portland, the Clippers, and OKC. I don't know what was more impressive for this team—uh, them fighting back to come back in the fourth quarter against the Clippers and send the game to overtime. Uh, And eventually coming out with that win or the fact that they then went on the road and put up an easy 124 points on the Thunder two nights later. Uh, Speaking of that offense, they are now averaging 120.9 points per game and have come out of the break on fire. Uh, The Kings are now 35 and 25 and with only 22 games left in the season, they're really trending towards locking up that elusive playoff spot that they've been looking for for so long to break that drought. But I won't be the one to jinx it, so I'm only going to say they're trending towards Uh, That I'm not going to say they're a lock for the playoffs at this moment. I don't want to do, I don't want to be that person who gets uh, blamed for jinxing the Kings. So if anybody said they were a lock, just know it wasn't me. Uh, But then moving on, the Lakers, they went 2-0 this week. They beat Dallas and Golden State. They have looked like a completely new team since the trade deadline. Uh, They're playing like their season is on the line every game, as frankly, they should be because it is. Um, And it has led to some impressive wins. The new look starting five and really, again, the new look. Roster just in general. Uh looks way better than the old lineup did, both on paper and in terms of actual results. So credit to Rob Palenka for putting together a great trade deadline. Uh the Lakers don't have too many assets after all the things they traded to get AD and even the things that they traded to get Russell Westbrook. So with limited assets to get uh as much improvement as the Lakers did, um, it's it's a pretty good result for them. Um, and something that should be looked upon as one of the better success stories of the year. I don't know if it'll put Rob Polinka in contention for executive of the year or anything like that, because he kind of got them into the mess in the first place. So it's definitely his job to work them out of it. Um, but at the same time, still a very good week by the Lakers. Um, and it looks like they might be starting to turn the corner on the season, but it might even be too late just because of how congested and how tight the West is in general. Uh, But I I think they might at least be able to get into the play, and and then we'll see what happens from there, uh, what could happen in those scenarios. So it'll be interesting to watch the Lakers down the stretch. It's also going to be interesting to watch the Chicago Bulls down the stretch. They went 2-0 this week. They beat Washington and Brooklyn. Uh, The Bulls came out of the All-Star break and decided it was time to humiliate the downgraded Nets. On a Friday night in Chicago, the Nets only got to 51 points at the end of the third quarter. Uh, The Bulls absolutely dominated this game on the defensive end and put up 133 points to go with it before holding the Wizards to just 82 points uh, a little bit later in the weekend. So a really good week for a team that is fighting for their playoff lives, just like the Lakers. Um, And a side note, before we move on to the more disappointing teams, uh, didn't end up putting them on the list for the week, but the Bucs have now won 14 games in a row. uh, And the Celtics somehow still have the lead in the east just crazy stuff there uh going on in the east then moving on to the most disappointing nba teams of the past week the thunder went 0 and three this week they lost to sacramento phoenix and utah Uh, while their schedule was definitely challenging this week the thunder looked extremely weak against that schedule uh in my opinion they could have put up at least a better fight and squeaked out a victory and maybe at least one of these games especially the one against utah Um, And results like that are becoming increasingly more important while the Thunder continue to fade out of playoff contention as we get later into the season. Uh, The Lakers were previously a few games behind them after the Thunder beat them the night that LeBron broke the scoring record. Um, But now, all of a sudden, the Lakers are back ahead of the Thunder. Uh, So very, very interesting stuff there uh, as the Thunder are kind of starting to struggle as we get down the stretch of the season with a young team. Uh, Then you have the Heat, who lost to Charlotte and Milwaukee this week the Heat continue to need to win games, um, or sorry, the Heat need to continue to win games, I should say, to get out of the play-in bracket, although the Nets might play their way into that uh, on their own uh, or out of the playoffs entirely by the end of the season for that matter. But the Heat still need to fix something uh, as they've now lost four in a row and aren't heading in the right direction as we near the end of the season. Charlotte did go 2-0 this week, but I don't really care. I mean, I think that the heat have to beat a team like Charlotte when you're in a playoff r- run and you're uh, fighting for a good a better spot, uh, a better seed in the playoffs. you need to win those types of games. You need to b- take care of business against the bad teams and then go five hundred against the good teams. That's always the kind of the mantra that will lead you to a successful season. Um, but the heat picking up losses to Charlotte while also Not really putting much of a a fight up against the Milwaukee, even with Giannis going out in the first quarter. It's just not a really good look for them uh, in general. So the Heat not looking good this week, uh, but not not, uh, the only team that wasn't looking good. Another team that also lost to Charlotte and wasn't looking good this week was the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just like the Heat, they're in need of better play down the stretch. Uh, A loss to Charlotte is not one that a playoff caliber team should be taking this late into the season. And while it isn't like college basketball where, A loss like that can be a season killer. Minnesota needs to win some more games as talented teams like the Lakers attempt to force a team out of the play in bracket to clear room for their own playoff run. Uh, Minnesota does not want to be that team that that falls victim to the Lakers playoff run. So uh, they need to step it up for sure. Um, And then finally, that is the end of that segment, but I will move on now to my player of the week. This is a hard week because Damian Lillard did score 71 points last night. Uh, But that was the only game that he played in this week. I don't normally give it to guys who only play one game. Uh, It's happened in the past where guys have had great scoring outputs, but that was their only game, so I didn't give it to them. Um, But this week, because he took place in the most entertaining game of the week, I will give it to De'Aaron Fox of Sacramento. He had 35.3 points per game on 63.9% shooting this week, 7.7 assists, 3.7 rebounds, and 2 steals, 2.7 steals per game uh in this week as the kings were able to go 3-0 and continue to improve their playoff hopes Uh, but that will be all for the nba let's now shift gears to college basketball action there are a lot of games this week uh that we will be talking about but we will start with the close games starting all the way back on last monday where number three kansas went on the road and beat number 24 tcu 63 to 58 a good win for kansas uh tcu you know they're a lock for the tournament, so it's not like this loss is devastating for them. But they would like to pick up some of these wins against some of the top teams like Kansas, Baylor, and Texas, um, in the Big Twelve, just because they can improve your seating a lot. TCU has still has a chance at being maybe even a four seed in the tournament, maybe even a three at the very high end if they were to run the table and win the Big Twelve championship, um, in terms of winning the conference championship, the the conference tournament, I should say, um, but still for kansas they're in the quest for one seed uh avoiding losses whenever possible is going to be very helpful in that although they're getting a lot of help from the teams around them just losing so i think they'll probably be able to lock up that one seed regardless um but nonetheless moving on uh staying in the state of kansas number 14 kansas state beat number nine baylor 75 to 65 it's a good win for a kansas state team that uh like TCU, they're kind of looking to trend towards the three or the four seed line and wins like this are very, very important in that. Kansas State's actually now in contention for a two seed at this rate uh, with the way that they've been picking up good wins over good teams all season long. Uh, they are, their background metrics aren't as great as Baylor's or Texas or Kansas, um, but they still have a chance just off of their record if they were to do what I just said TCU could do, which is run the table in the Big 12 they would easily be able to make it in. Um, So I would think that uh, Kansas State is a strong contender for a two or a three seed right now, still looking like they are a top of the line three seed, um, but definitely in contention for that two seed as we wind down in the season. Then you have number 25, Texas A&M, who beat number 11, Tennessee, 68 to 63. A&M really went from a bubble team to a solidified tournament team in the span of just pretty much week and a half, just with some impressive victories that they've been able to put up. And people also just recognizing the fact that they are, they only have two losses in conference or they did heading into the week. So you can't really deny the team that's second place in the sec. And I mean, they have a chance if they beat Alabama, they, they would end up first in the sec, at least in a tie. So A&M definitely deserves a tournament spot. Um, but uh, heading into the week, that was the situation, but they did lose later in the week, but we'll get to that later. Um, then you have number 13, Miami, who beat Virginia Tech 76 to 70. Virginia Tech, a hungry team trying to fight for their tournament lives. Uh, so losing home games like this, not the greatest, but uh, they were definitely putting up a valiant effort, but Miami just able to get enough separation and win this game. Uh, then you have number one, Alabama, who beat number who beat South Carolina 78 to 76 in overtime. Uh, Alabama is starting to... Now, I wouldn't say fold as we head to the end of the season, but they're starting to look a little bit weaker than they have in the past. Still hanging on to that number one overall seed for sure. Uh, Cause they haven't lost since that point. Uh, and they still have that win over Houston, but they're going to need to start playing a little bit better if they want to be a championship contender again. And they also have a lot of things going on than the program with the Brandon Miller situation. Uh, so, you know, when your best player is a distracted that much and B uh, is causing that much of a distraction to the program, they're going to go through some bumps in the road. Um, and as we head towards the end of the season, you know, something could even drop in that case that takes Brandon Miller out of game action, which uh, that would be a big deal for Alabama. Obviously, the most important part is that the legal process takes place in that case. Um, and that if there is anybody who's an accomplice in that crime, then, uh, that needs to be dealt with, obviously, but for Alabama, this this state of kind of um, not really knowing if they're going to have Brandon Miller down the stretch, it's a pretty big deal for them uh, from a strictly basketball standpoint. Uh, and and it looks like it's starting to affect them a little bit, uh, the off-the-court stuff, getting them on the court as their performances start to kind of decline. Speaking of performances that are starting to decline a little bit, uh Illinois beat number 21 Northwestern 66 to 62. Northwestern played well with the underdog mentality but with the target on their backs this week didn't didn't fare too well. Uh we'll get to what happened later in the week um as well later. But um Illinois uh definitely a good win for their tournament hopes. They're a lock for the tournament as well, but you know, you always want to solidify your resume, get a few more quality wins as the season nears its end. Uh, Then you have number four, UCLA, who beat Utah 78-71 on the road. A good win for UCLA. I don't quite know if it's quad one or not. I don't know if Utah is in that top 75 in the net off the top of my head, but still a good win regardless uh, over a Utah team that was hanging on the bubble for most of the season and still has a chance to make the tournament. Not not really. This was kind of the end of the season for them. Now that I think about it, this game was kind of their chance to get back into the mix um, and not able to convert on the win, so... They are not able to remain on the bubble with that. They also will lose later in the week to USC at home. So that was really the final nail in the coffin. Uh, They will need to go win the Pac-12 tournament if they want to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, And then speaking of Alabama's uh, recent performance drops, they beat Arkansas 86 to 83 over the weekend. Uh, But again, Arkansas controlled the game for much of this game. They were leading for much of this game. Uh, And Alabama just not able, or sorry, Arkansas just not able to fully close it out, but Alabama at the same time, definitely struggling, not in the form that they've been in for most of the season. Um, And then you have number three, Kansas, who squeaked out a win against West Virginia, 76-74 to at home. Uh, Not the best result for Kansas at all. I mean, this is a game that they should be winning probably by more than two. But at the same time, a hungry West Virginia team continues to try to improve its metrics and might have even done so with the loss um, just because they lost by so little. Um, But West Virginia, a very weird tournament resume because metrics think they're a top 20 team across the board pretty much, or at least a top 25 team, Uh, but they only have a 16 and 13 record. So it's very interesting conversation with them. I don't think they're safe, uh, but I also don't think they're squarely on the bubble like some other teams uh, are. They're still kind of uh, at that upper echelon of the bubble where maybe one more big win in the regular season could be enough to propel them uh, into the safe territory. Um, then you have North Carolina, who beat number six, Virginia, 71 to 63. North Carolina finally getting that elusive quad one win. Uh, did not have one all season long, and they finally got one. Although it may be short lived because Virginia is now 28th in the net after that loss. Uh, metrics have not liked this team all year long, even when they were 21 and three or whatever the record was a few weeks ago. They were still only 13th, 14th in the net, despite being like 6th or 7th in the AP poll. And then uh, even 10th in the committee's reveal, which was over what the metrics had them at. uh, For the most part, the predictive metrics don't like this team at all. Um, And the net starting to reflect that as well as they dropped to 28 just for losing on the road in a quad one game. Uh, They dropped seven spots in the net in that game, which is kind of crazy. But at the same time, North Carolina happy to have that quad one win. I, I think even if Virginia falls out of the top 30 in the net by the end of the season, the committee will still take that as a quality win for North Carolina. But they, they still do need to get a few more, I think, to solidify their tournament resume. I don't really think one borderline quad one win is enough um, to be a tournament team. They're going to need some other stuff to go their way, or they need to just keep winning if they want to make the tournament. Uh, but then... I already talked about these next two, but number nine, Baylor beat number eight, Texas, 81 to 72. And number 12, Gonzaga beat number 15, St. Mary's, 77 to 68. Uh, So I will skip over those two and talk about number 14, Kansas State, who beat Oklahoma State, 73 to 68. Oklahoma State, this could have been a win that moved them off of, I think I had them as my final team in the last four buys. So just above the last four in bubble. Um, But then losing this game, put them in the last four in uh so this is a game that they kind of needed to win and now they're going to have to at least go one and one down the stretch and win a game or maybe two in the big 12 tournament to really feel secure about their spot i think they'll make it regardless um if they go one and one in the rest of the season but they do need to pick up a quality win uh, at least one more to really round out their resume because they're starting to trend downwards and the metrics have them kind of in the 40s which is about where you need to be to be a bubble team, but not very comfortably at all uh, for Oklahoma State uh, in terms of getting into the tournament. Then you have number 18, UConn, who beat St. John's 95 to 86. UConn starting to regain that form that early in the season led them to be 13-0 and or 14-0, and whatever it was, um, starting to look like that team again, finally. It's taken them a while, but they've gotten back to that point. And UConn, again, starting to look good. Um, as the rest of the Big East kind of starts to slump outside of Marquette. Um, Then you have number 22, San Diego State, who beat New Mexico 73-71. to This was the last of the buzzer beaters on the day, but the the other ones resulted in upsets, so I haven't gotten to them yet. But Lamont Butler did hit a three as time expired after New Mexico got a layup to take a one-point lead with six seconds left. Uh, San Diego State pulling out this one over in Mexico, probably ending New Mexico season. I had them as the fifth team out of the tournament uh, heading into the weekend. But this loss, this is this is a backbreaker for them. You can't lose a game like this at home. They do have the win over San Diego State um, on the road. But at the same time, they, they have so many bad losses. They started off the season 13-0, but with a very, very, very weak non-conference. And then in conference, they, I think, are seven and nine, which just that it's just not enough to go seven and nine in the Mountain West. It it isn't enough to make the tournament, even with a 13 and 0 start um, in the non conference. It just isn't enough. So, New Mexico, unfortunately, kind of needed this win um, and weren't able to get it. So, they might be out. They are definitely still on the bubble, but they will need a lot of things to go their way. A lot of the other bubble teams losing uh, for them to have the ability to make the tournament. Uh, but moving on from that, number 24, TCU beat Texas Tech, 83 to 82. I had Texas Tech as my first team out of the tournament going into this weekend. Um, they needed to get this win, though, to put themselves in. And a loss in this game, when you look at what else happened around the country, and we'll get to that later, um, it wasn't a good result for them. And they'll probably be in the next four out, honestly, at this point. Maybe, maybe bottom of the first four out, but I, I think probably next four out territory. At this point, because some of these upsets that uh, that I'll get to in a second, um, they they really change the the landscape of the bubble. Then you got Mississippi State who beat number twenty five Texas A and M sixty nine to sixty two a good win for Mississippi State uh, as they hand A and M their third loss of the conference season makes it very hard for A and M to be able to tie Alabama for the number one overall seed in the SEC. Uh, I don't think now that they're going to be able to do that. I think they only have two games left. If they have two, they might only just have one. Uh, but probably not going to be able to do that anymore. Uh, but Mississippi State was is definitely a bubble team. So getting a win like this is a very good win for them, a quad one win at home, uh, and really a prove-it game for Mississippi State that they were able to handle the challenge of pretty well. Um, so a good result for them. And then you have number four, UCLA, who beat Colorado 60-56. Uh, this one also might be just like Utah, quad one win, just because it was on the road. It's at least on the border of that. Um, but UCLA has now won eight in a row. They haven't played anybody too great in that stretch, but they do deserve credit for the stretch that they've been on. They are definitely going to be in contention for that one seed now with Purdue. I'm not quite sure. I have not um, finished my bracket that I'm posting tomorrow at all, obviously, because there's also games today, Um, but that'll be a tough battle between UCLA and Purdue for the final number one seed. Uh, Purdue been fading recently, but five losses in the Big Ten might end up being better than four losses in the Pac-12 when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it because the the tournament bracket, they're supposed to weigh all the games evenly. It shouldn't, it's not supposed to matter how you've been playing recently. It's supposed to be just your full body of work. And I think Purdue's full body of work might be a little bit stronger than UCLA still. But again, I got to go check that. Uh, We'll see later. Then Rutgers beat Penn State 59 to 56. This was a win that Penn State desperately needed. Uh, In the Big Ten, it's so hard to win on the road that you have to win all your games at home, pretty much. Um, So Penn State not winning this game is kind of a bad, it's a really bad omen for them for the rest of the season. And uh, Rutgers, on the other hand, avoiding the opportunity to slip down onto the bubble um, by beating Penn State. Um, After earlier in the week, Rutgers had been uh, beaten by Michigan, which I'll talk about later. But speaking of Michigan... They beat Wisconsin 87-79 to in overtime to save their season. They still have a chance of making the tournament somehow after everything that's gone down um, this season with Juwan Howard's squad. Uh, The first thing that happened was earlier in the week that actually kept the season alive. But uh, Michigan still has some work to do. But Hunter Dickinson throwing in a buzzer beater three, down three to send the game to overtime, gave Michigan the momentum they needed to win in overtime. And as a result, um, Michigan able to pull out that victory i should mention that i i don't don't think i actually have it on here but michigan state also lost to iowa in overtime after iowa was down 13 with about a minute and a half left they just kept knocking in threes and eventually hit one near the end of the near the end of the clock um, to send the game into overtime so just insane results all the way around college basketball uh this weekend Uh, that game didn't even fit on here just because of that. But I mean, that game was 112 to 106 in overtime, pretty much Kings Clippers, but the college version. Um, Also surprising that that type of a game would come from the Big Ten. But I will move on now and start talking about the upsets this week. Starting with a game that doesn't sound like an upset uh, based on the rankings, but number 10 Marquette beat number 19 Creighton, but it was on the road, so it wasn't upset. 73 to 71, Marquette pretty much locking up the Big East title by going on the road and beating one of the top four teams. All these teams were pretty much undefeated at home or at least had lost only a game or two at home uh, this season so beating one of them on the road is a big deal and Marquette was able to do that then you have Villanova who beat number 16 Xavier 64 to 63 Villanova had two big upsets this week and I'll get to the second one later but Xavier it was a one-point loss so it's not going to hurt them that much but still not a great loss to take especially because it was at home then you have Boston College who beat number six Virginia 63 to 48 this was Virginia's Uh, first bad look uh, of the week but they have been kind of trending towards losing some close games uh, a lot recently they just they've lost their flow offensively entirely I mean they can still play good defense but it's entirely evident to me that this team does not know what it's doing on the offensive end right now Uh, not really doesn't know what it's doing but they just don't have any they just don't have enough scoring options uh, that can kind of get their own basket and create over Ah uh, tight defense for them to be able to be a top team, honestly. they just don't have the offensive production. They're not a very balanced team. they're very defensive heavy. um but you have Michigan who they were very offensive heavy for most of the season, but recently have tightened things up on defense and in this game that was evident they beat Rutgers on the road fifty eight to forty five. Michigan all time is sixteen and one against Rutgers. but have had their fair share of struggles at the rack recently as Rutgers has become a way better program in the last few years. Um, those have been some of the closest games that Michigan has played, but Michigan's still able to find success there, uh, just only having that one loss on the road. Uh, and this year, even in a pretty bad year for Michigan basketball, still able to come out with a win over the on the road over Rutgers. Uh, this win put Michigan back squarely on the bubble um, before that win over Wisconsin that moved them probably even further up. Uh, but then you have number 17, Indiana, who beat number five. Purdue talked about this game earlier. Jalen Hotchofino took over. Uh, just a great a, a great game by him to will Indiana to that win. Then you have Arizona State, who beat number seven, Arizona, 89-88. Arizona State's Devin Cambridge Jr. threw in a 60-foot half-court shot um, to, well, beyond half-court shot, actually, but 60-foot shot uh, at the buzzer to beat Arizona by one. They were down by two, Arizona. Could not really foul because of how much time was left on the clock, uh, because the shooter was just going to have to go straight into his motion. Uh, And they were also only up two. So that would have been Arizona State shooting free throws for the tie. But instead, Arizona knocks in the three from 60 feet away. uh, One of the first, but the first buzzer beater of the day that there ended up being some more crazy ones uh, as the day went on. This one, still the craziest by far, uh, as Arizona State with that win also works their way back onto the bubble, probably at the higher end of it, to be honest, at this point. Uh, but then you have Florida State. They are not working their way back onto the bubble because they're 9-20 and on the season, but they did knock Miami probably out of a top-four seed on Saturday by hitting a buzzer beater of their own, Matthew Cleveland, hitting a deep three, not quite 60 feet, but pretty far, probably a 30-footer, to beat Miami 85-84. to Also notable about this game, they came back from a 25-point deficit to have the largest comeback in ACC history, um, as they took down Miami. Uh, just an insane game there. Uh, but Villanova beat number 19 Creighton 79-67. to 67. Again, Villanova coming up with another upset. They are one game above 500. Uh, If they are able to get all the way to the finals in the Big East tournament and win out in the regular season, there is a chance they could contend for an at-large bid just because they had so many injuries early in the year. And since getting those guys back from injury, Justin Moore... Uh, Caleb Daniels, they are a different team. entire. Cam Whitmore, even who missed the first few games of the season, they're just a different team. So I-, I think you can make the case and the tournament committee might make this case that look, they're supposed to look at injuries and factor them in. So if you look at the fact that they started the season without probably their top two players, it's a big deal that they now have them back. And if they're playing that well with them back, you can make the case that even without winning the tournament, just by getting to the finals, and picking up maybe three quad one wins on the way, they end up at, you know, 19 and 14, that kind of a range, 19 and 15. They might be able to make the tournament. I mean, it would be a long shot and they would need a lot of other help, but there is still a glimmer of hope for them. And speaking of the same situation, Oklahoma, uh, still one game under 500, I believe, but they went on the road and beat number 23, Iowa State, 61 to 50. They still do have to win out in the regular season and probably win one or two games in the Big 12 tournament. But this was the start of something. Uh, It's really, really hard to beat Iowa State on the road. So being able to do that, um, and Oklahoma still bouncing back after having some tough losses where they barely lost some close games against good teams, like an overtime loss against Texas. It's very, very impressive what Oklahoma's been able to do down the stretch. Um, And we will see if they're able to continue that and maybe pull off some more upsets as the season uh, nears its end. Uh, And then Ohio State beat Illinois 72 to 60. Illinois looking better for most of the week. and then. Uh, you know, they after they beat Northwestern and then all of a sudden they come out, do this, let Ohio State snap, I believe, what had been an 11 or at least a nine game winning losing streak. So not a good result at all uh, for Illinois. Uh, they're not a bubble team at all, but they could have been a six or a five seed uh, by the end of the week. But instead, with this loss, probably down to the seven and eight territory. Uh, but then let's move on to the other important games of the week. Uh, number eight, Texas beat number 23, Iowa State, 72 to 54. So Iowa State having a really rough week, uh, but still 11 losses in the Big 12. And yet, or 11 losses total, uh, a lot of losses in the Big 12, but they might actually still be a top five or a six seed, which is ridiculous that they have 11 losses, but they're still that high up there. But that's just the way it is in the Big 12 because they do have eight quad one wins. So they do have a chance to be um that high up. Um, And then finally, you also have the uh, West Virginia win over Oklahoma State. They beat them 85 to 67. West Virginia kind of leapfrogging Oklahoma State in most brackets because of this. Uh, They should be ahead of Oklahoma State for other reasons as well, uh, because the metrics like them a lot better and these teams are pretty similar. But this this dominant victory by West Virginia definitely proved that they are the better team. Uh, Then you have number 18, UConn, who beat number 20, Providence, 87 to 69. As I said, UConn's starting to play like the UConn from the beginning of the season again. A very important thing for them to do uh, as we get closer to tournament time. They are rounding into form and starting to play good basketball at the right time of the year. Uh, Michigan State beat number 17, Indiana, 80 to 65, which is crazy to think about the fact that Indiana then went on the road and beat Purdue. Um, But Michigan State getting a very, very quality win. Uh, this was a win that pretty much locked them up as a tournament team. No matter what happens in the rest of the season, uh, unless they lose at home to Ohio State, then then maybe, then maybe there's a de- then maybe there's a question uh, about that. But Wisconsin beat Iowa sixty four to fifty two. Wisconsin picking up a good win, keeping themselves alive on the bubble uh, before their loss to Michigan, uh, but still very much alive for the tournament if they're able to make some noise in the Big Ten tournament. And you have Xavier who beat. Seton Hall, 82 to 60, uh, bouncing back from that loss to Villanova uh, in the right way, getting a big win over a bubble team, kind of, not really a team that's on the bottom end of the bubble, but still a decent Seton Hall team, uh, able to just go out and crush them. Then you have Kentucky, who beat Auburn 86 to 54. People thought Kentucky was on the bubble a few weeks ago. I never really thought they were that close. I don't think I ever took them out of my bracket um, after I had put them back in. Uh, a while ago Um, but at the same time now very 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 safe Uh, not on the bubble at all anymore Kentucky getting to 20 wins in this game by beating a quality Auburn team by 32 just dismantling Auburn Um, then you have Maryland who beat number 21 Northwestern 75 to 59 Uh, Northwestern again not doing so well with the target on their backs this week Uh, just a great game played by maryland offensively uh really a great game for the first half by both teams offensively but then northwestern stalled in the second half and maryland took advantage but that wraps up this edition of the fourth and 24 podcast please be sure to check out our next podcast which will be on monday march 6th where we will talk about my weekend predictions again and have our weekly look at the nba and college basketball uh, probably with the first bubble watch of the year uh, i will be uh, making sure to update just the bubble before that uh, bracket and we will talk about um some of the other conference tournament action as a few bids will have already been uh secured by the end of this weekend. Um and in the meantime, be sure to check out my additional content including my NCAA basketball tournament bracket that will be updated on tom- updated tomorrow and also on Friday. Um and my picks for next weekend's games, they'll be posted as always on Thursday all that on our website 4th24.com. That's the number 4 T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.